Hi everyone, welcome to the ninth episode of uh, Tongue Tied and Overwhelmed. This is Josh, your host, and today I'll have Casey on. We'll talk about all those weird crime documentaries you see on Netflix but have never clicked on. Uh, uh, and just a bunch of other stuff. But yeah, thank you guys so much for listening, and see you guys on the other side. Bye! Casey, uh, world-renowned gumshoe detective, <laughs> and all-around badass. How are you, Casey? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How you doing? Pretty good. How's the quarantine treating you? Um, the quarantine is very restful. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing a lot, catching up on all the sleep that I did not get over the last few months. Um, yeah, I've been thinking about working out. <laughs> every day yeah. every day i think about it every time someone posts like an instagram story i'm always like oh i should do something like it's probably good for me oh uh, you know what i have go ahead sorry what? no go for it what i have been doing a lot is cooking oh cool yeah what i spend like five hours a day in the kitchen <laughs> <laughs> i don't have anything else to do either on the couch or in the kitchen <laughs> i mean that's better than me i mean they're like yeah i mean they're like on the bed on my computer or in the couch in my computer <laughs> <laughs> that's the other 19 hours of my day yeah and then like i just i spend like probably like a good 14 hours online and then i sleep for like five hours and the rest of it is just like eating <laughs> healthy love it yeah it's, keep doing that it's what the lord intended <laughs> obviously I mean, he he created the virus, so like it's he, definitely what the Lord intended. For he me sent to do. the plague. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, today we're gonna talk about those weird uh, Netflix documentaries that uh, I don't know. I feel like there's shows like Tiger King that goes like wild or Making a Murder, and those go viral. But mm-hmm. Netflix has a lot of good like crime documentaries that people never talk about. Yeah. Except us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I-, I won't forget because you were like watching the, uh, we'll-, we'll start with Don't Fuck With Cats, which is okay. like, uh, a 2019 true crime documentary about this like wild online manhunt and you were watching it and we were both in the office and you just kept like making faces and like being like, mm-mm, fuck that. <laughs> oh, hell no. <laughs> yeah. And then like. Uh, I was like, what is she watching? And then you told me, and then I went home and watched, like, the first episode, and I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) It's out of control. Yeah, so Don't Fuck With Cats is about, like, how does it all start? It all starts with just one video, right? Yeah, it started with um, a video being posted online of someone torturing these cats, right? Like, put them in one of those... um, what are those bags called? The ones that you can vacuum out? The vacuum, like, like vacuum sealed, yeah. Yeah, and like kill, killed the cats that way and posted the videos online and people snapped and like went on this manhunt 
to find yeah. him. So obviously, we're gonna probably spoil all of these. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> so fuck, fuck you guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, but he kills those cats, and then he keeps posting videos attacking, yeah. like, doing it to cats, and I think that's like not to be, I don't know, weird. But uh, white people love cats. Like, the nothing... only way, the only <laughs> way it gets worse is if it was dogs. <laughs> yeah, if it was dogs, the FBI would have gotten involved. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> sure. you know how like it was just a couple of like amateur people like online that were just online looking for this person. If he had killed a dog, like the CIA would have gotten involved, and we would have sent some death squads into wherever this guy was. We'd already found him like two seconds later. Yeah, it would have been very line eleven. Like the president would have come on TV. <laughs> like, We're gonna find this motherfucker. I I cannot. First of all, the woman, the main woman on it, her name is Body Moving. I forget her real name, but that was like her online persona. <laughs> uh, Deanna Thompson. She's she, she. I remember she worked in Vegas. Yes, we need to put her on the case so we can find out who killed Tupac and who killed Biggie. It'll be a wrap in two months. Yeah, like, the, the I, I just remember, like, they would find pictures or, like, how did it start? Like, they, they saw the sheet or something and they figured out that, like, the sheets were made in a specific place and then where they sold the sheets and then yes. tracked it to, like, a specific town. There was a, um, a throw throw blanket or whatever that had a wolf on it and then they figured out that this was only sold in this part of the world and then they found the craziest one was the vacuum cleaner where they googled it and found that that vacuum cleaner was only sold in like i think it was north america and then they found a um a cigarette package in like one of the still shots of the video and they were like okay these cigarettes the way the package is it's only in canada with the it was crazy yeah, because uh, cigarettes everywhere else have, like, those gruesome pictures outside of them to keep you from smoking them, but not here. <laughs> right. Yeah, Canadian cigarettes are scary. I remember the first time I saw them, I was like, whoa. <laughs> like, literally pictures of black lungs. Yeah, like, those like those pictures didn't used to be in, like, Mexican cigarettes. And then, like, one, one week, like, we got cigarettes and there was just, like, a fucking lung there. <laughs> and I was like, oh, cool. Time to stop. In um in Jamaica, there's no pictures on the cigarettes, but it says in big letters like "smoking kills." <laughs> no, not sugarcoating at all. Like you smoke this, you will die. I mean, it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, no like cares. it doesn't stop people from smoking. But yeah, good intentions, I guess. Uh, but yeah, and then they like they eventually figure out who it is, and it's that uh, what's his name, Luca. The model, because he wanted attention. Yeah, and he, he's such a strange person. Dude, he's... Okay, I don't like to call people crazy, but he's crazy. <laughs> what he did, like, he... First of all, he made up that whole story saying that people were threatening him online. Okay. Because he was is, with that is, woman. This is a good thing. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah, so I guess we'll talk about it. Like, eventually, the guy gets caught. Oh, well, he kills someone. Like, yeah. an actual person. Uh, and then he gets caught because he's not that smart and then he makes up this whole story about how like this other guy called manuel um i don't know bullied him into 
Yes. <laughs> oh my God, I forgot about that whole part of the story. Yeah, and he like he's been building on this story for a long time. Like it's not like he killed a person and then uh came up with a story then like he'd gone to see a lawyer and created like sort of an alibi for himself years earlier okay so you think that manny does not exist i don't know (laughs) okay somebody exists because in the one video i think it's the video where he fed the cat to the snake yes there is another pair of hands in the video who is that yeah that's like my thing. It's like okay, like maybe the whole story about him being bullied into it like doesn't exist, but someone knew he was killing the cats and helped them because there was another part, like there was another set of ants. There was, and who was that? I don't but know. I'm maybe the... Go ahead. Like when I was watching it, I was like, maybe it's just the owner of the snake, you know? But even if it is just the owner of the snake, like that other guy is also a fucking weirdo and like committed animal abuse (laughs) (laughs) on video and no one cares like no one's looking for you know suspect number two the guy what's his name uh luca knows who Mm -hmm. it is like he could he could tell someone who it is and like get himself i don't know like a tv in prison i don't know how prisons work (laughs) (laughs) well that won't fit into his narrative because remember the whole thing like his whole motive or i don't know motivation was that he loves the movie basic instinct yeah yeah like it's all based on basic instinct like the name even the name he gave the cops it's manuel and he went to a lawyer that looks like the other character in basic instinct who looks michael douglas or whatever um yeah yeah that i don't know like that luca guy is like you said like i don't like think like i myself am <laughs> like mentally <laughs> ill but that guy is on another level <laughs> he, it's like he literally did it all for attention what i was saying before before he did any of this stuff they found videos of him um i think that the online sleuths found this video of him um going to canadian police and there was this woman who um I think she killed her sister or something like that. And he made up this whole story saying that there was a rumor out that he was dating this woman and he's getting death threats and he's all over Canadian TV asking people to stop with these death threats. And he never got them. He just wanted to be seen. Like, who makes that up? That's so weird. Who even has that idea? I think the, the documentary itself cuts itself short because at the end they start talking about something uh that i think is very important it's like there's people that like want attention all the time like they they they're desperate for it uh and like would he have escalated if the first video didn't get any clicks you know yeah that's uh, that's what the the online people were saying like by us making this thing and then there was that tv show that got involved and it just became this huge thing like were they adding fuel to the fire of him wanting attention? Like, he's getting exactly what he wanted. Yeah, and I think, like, this is one of the scariest ones of all the ones we're going to talk about. Because, like, the other ones are just, like, strange. But this one I can see happening more and more and more. Because I do think people just want to be famous. Because we're always mm-hmm. surrounded by fame now. And it's so easy as, like, killing a cat <laughs> making your video go viral. Uh, and, like, yeah. will it push people to do things like this constantly? I mean, I think, yeah, unfortunately, you're right, because we see it um, 
with other crimes too, uh, like with school shootings or whatever, they're always wary of putting the picture of the shooter or the name of the shooter because when they read these manifestos, a lot of them want notoriety. And it's like, okay, if we put this picture up, are we going to inspire copycats? Yeah, I think that's, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like that is like, like, uh, I read a, I read something at some point where it talked about how like everyone assumed that Columbine, like that was the end, right? Like that was the end of it. It was the logical conclusion to like what had been happening in this country, like people being alienated, like white supremacists, like finding each other online, blah, 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 like the over-medication of children, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but I do think instead of the end, it was the beginning. <laughs> like, yeah, it was the for beginning sure. of people doing those sort of things for attention and more and more and more and more and more. Yeah. We should have watched. You, you, we, I need to find a good Columbine one and then you should come on and we should just talk about Columbine because I really like, I don't really like, I find, <laughs> <laughs> I find Columbine very interesting. We should because, um, so I don't know if you know, I went to school for criminal justice. Oh, no, so, I didn't. Yeah, so that's why I find these things so fascinating because, like, I studied criminal justice and I kind of focused on criminology of, like, mm -hmm. why people commit crimes and what leads to different types of crimes. And especially what I really was passionate about was recidivism and, like, rehabilitation. So I just find these things so fascinating in school shootings, um, mass shootings, like the, uh, I wrote a l way too long paper on the DC sniper. Cause oh. I just found that so, so, so fascinating. I think that's actually, once again, it sounds terrible, but like that guy is one of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> the, the sniper or the kid. So I wrote mostly the, about no, the, the kid. kid. Yeah. The kid. He's poor baby. I feel bad yeah. for him. He we was like what, seventeen? Yeah, he was. He was sixteen, I think. Um, okay, we well, we can talk about this after the podcast. But yeah, you're, we you're just definitely got coming back on because I have like a, <laughs> I just thought of something cool. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, the next one I want to talk about is Evil Genius. Uh, because Evil Genius is also insane. <laughs> it's like four episodes, uh, and it's about this very strange crime where like. Uh, this guy goes to rob a bank, but he doesn't have like he doesn't have a gun. Like he walks in and there's a bomb strapped to his neck, and he keeps telling people that he doesn't want to rob or whatever the place, but he has to rob it and he has to go back to wherever he's supposed to go back, or the bomb will go off. And eventually, the bomb does go off because the cops stop him and he fucking dies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh and the cops first thought it was him. Like they thought he put the bomb together and put it on his neck. Uh, but then slowly but surely, that all falls apart. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then it gets very complicated. What's your rule about cursing on here? Because you know I curse a lot. Uh, I curse a lot too. Yeah, this okay. is a Dude's Rock <laughs> podcast. Okay. So Evil Genius fucked me up to the point where I feel like I blocked some of it out. So when we talked about doing this, I went back and rewatched it and I'm like more fucked up by it now. <laughs> it's It's really crazy. Yeah, like, uh, I remember one of the scenes is he is, he's, like, on the ground, and the cops have him on the ground, and he's, like, it's about to go off, it's, start, it's about to go off, and then it starts, like, uh, beeping, mm -hmm. and then they blur it, but you can obviously see, like, it goes off, and it obviously kills the guy, and, like, it, I don't know why that scene really hit me, <laughs> uh, 
Because there's this, like, this guy is, like, a weirdo in town or whatever, and he, like, I don't know. He was just a weirdo, like, a drunk, and he, like, nothing to, like, nothing deserving of what happened. And it's weird to, like, find someone like that placed in a situation like that. He was also mentally ill, right? Um, the guy, no. I don't think he was, but he was kind of, like, a loner. And for some reason, in the documentary, they kept talking about how he, like, dealt with these prostitutes. I mean, yeah, in like the a, last episode, they kind of explained why, but I felt like that was way too much. I don't know. I felt like they were looking for a reason to vilify him a little bit. Yeah, like, uh, make the, like he must have had it coming. Like, there's something about mm-hmm. him that, like, like he's not, like, he wasn't innocent of anything. But, it's like, there's nothing, like, if you're not hurting anybody, then, like, sex work is work. And, like, who cares? Uh, the FBI. That's how I feel. <laughs> yeah. so you're gonna hear someone kick in my door (laughs) okay good to know Uh, so with evil genius oh my gosh what's the lady's name uh, i was about to say carol baskin that's not her name (laughs) (laughs) um Uh, dale or dale is her last name but i can't remember her first name so she's the the evil genius of it uh marjorie Marjorie, was Marjorie Eaton, Marjorie Dale Eaton or something like that. Yeah. She is the one that had some mental uh, health issues. Yeah. And she was a character. But the, I think, oh, now tell me your opinion. Yeah. So eventually uh, they figure out it's like one of two people, uh, Marjorie or this other guy called William Rothstein or Bill Rothstein or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they blame each other. Like, he blames her, and, like, she gets arrested, but she says it's him. But then he fucking dies from cancer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she's in prison, and he... Well, she's dead, too, actually. Uh, oh, is she? Yeah, she she died from some sort of... Like, they both died from cancer. Different cancers yeah. or whatever, but still. But, yeah, like, they blame each other, and he gets... Like, he dies, so he never goes to prison. Uh, but she goes to prison. So who do you think that it... I think it was him because, I mean, they did it together and yeah. with dude Ken and the other guy. Um, right. Yeah, they all did it together. But I think that Bill was the mastermind because, first of all, everybody talks about how intelligent he was. So I don't see him following her plan. And also, like, he's the one that had all the supply. He built the bomb. Yeah. Like, he, he did was everything. Like- she convinced the guy, or not convinced him, but like she got the guy who died. Uh, Brian was his name. Mm-hmm. She got Brian to come over, uh, but I do think it was Bill. And like, I don't know. <laughs> it's so wild that he got away with it. Like that motherfucker yes. got away with it. He got cleared by the FBI. Like before he died, they cleared him. And I just don't. Okay. So the FBI and all of these people just botched this. Like they just, the cops weren't giving the FBI certain clues. Like somebody told them, um, like Bill Rothstein and Bill Wells or Wells, whatever his first name was, did this. And they never sent that to the FBI. And that was like weeks after the case. But all of that aside, when they, because remember they found a body or Bill called in and said that there's a body in his freezer. Yeah. <laughs> which ended yeah. up being Mar- Margaret's ex-boyfriend. Yeah, white people that she apparently killed. This 
excitement is crazy. So they show the they show the footage of them going through the house and Bill being like, this is where I dragged him in. This is how I put him in the freezer, blah, blah, blah. And just the way that he's talking to them, you can tell that he thinks he's way smarter than that. I, I, I do think he was like extremely intelligent. He had to be. Because he, he he got away with like destroying evidence and then they found that he destroyed evidence and like he was still granted immunity or something like that. Yeah, they didn't charge him for anything, anything. related to storing a dead body in his freezer. Yeah, like that's he just got to accessory. Chill. <laughs> he just got to chill off of that. Yeah, no, he know. did it. And I don't think Wells was involved. No, I really do don't think he like you know how they try to paint like maybe he must have known or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like no, because then I would have just like if it was me and you wanted me to rob a bank, I wouldn't let you strap a bomb to me. <laughs> like I'd just be like, give me a fucking gun. Exactly, and those two other guys I keep forgetting Ken and then the other one they told Sorry. identical stories of like them holding him, putting the collar on his neck, and they both said they saw the fear in his eyes. So if he is involved in this and part of this, why is he so scared? Yeah. And then there was that other thing where, like, people, like, I think the FBI also said, like, he, he like, Wells was down to do it because he thought the bomb would be fake. But if he thought the bomb would be fake, what would he be scared? Exactly. What is he afraid of? Yeah. Like, if he thought the bomb was just for, for like, for jokes or whatever, like, why why the fuck would he do it? And then... It was so sneaky how they got him because, like, he was a pizza delivery guy and they made him deliver, like, they called in a pizza order to this fucked up place far away from everybody. Yeah, why wouldn't they just do it on his day off? Yeah, like, it doesn't <laughs> like, make any fucking sense. No, it really doesn't. I feel like they're just looking for a reason to blame him to cover up, like... How bad they inadequ- fucked up. Yeah, inadequacies in, in them investigating. Like, no one wants to be like, you know what? There was this evidence... An FBI agent the day of the bombing saw Rothstein's van at one of the the sites because what they did with Wells was to get the bomb off. He had to follow this um, scavenger hunt to get to like the next clue, the next clue to get to the key to take the thing off. And so after the bomb went off, the FBI, they're trying to follow the clues and maybe um, figure out the scavenger hunt, maybe find whoever put the bomb on him, which they didn't. But at one of the sites, they see this blue van pull off, and that ends up being Homeboy's van. And they said that they saw that van the day when they went to go search because he had that dead body. They saw the van there, and nobody put two and two together. I think, and also, like, obviously, like, this is very sad, but, like, the most fucked up thing about this whole thing is that, like, that man died, and then they made a comedy movie out of it. They did? What? Yes. (laughs) There's, like, there's a movie called uh, 30 Minutes or Less. And oh it's God. the same plot. And it's, uh, who's in it? Uh, Aziz Ansari, Jesse Eisenberg, and Danny McBride. And it's basically what? the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> when did this come out? Do you know? Uh, I don't know. It came out at some point. And like, Oh, my God. So this happened in 2003. And I remember when it happened, too, because like it happened in Erie, Pennsylvania. And I'm from Philly. So it was like really big news. I remember it was big news because it was like post 9-11. So everybody thought it was some sort of terrorist thing. Oh. I remember watching it on TV. That's, oh, I didn't, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, it, it's very fucked up that they made that movie. <laughs> I can't believe it. But 
I'm in shock, but I'm also going to go watch it. I'm <laughs> <laughs> definitely going to go watch I think, okay, so you know how, like, the overarching theme of Don't Fuck With Cats is, like, how this, this seeking of attention can lead to people committing these crazy crimes? Yeah. I feel like the overarching thing of this, because every single episode, there's just something else that the FBI or the local police fucked up. I think like, the overarching thing of this is like law enforcement, criminal justice system, all that shit got to do better. I mean, they're, they're classic. Like, I think everybody thinks of like law enforcement as like really good at their jobs. But I, I would venture to say like most crimes that don't get solved is because they're just really bad at their fucking jobs like i'm pretty sure there's multiple serial killers out there that we just haven't caught because like no one has realized they're serial killers yeah and like one of the so serial killers that's my i've watched all the serial killers ask me about (laughs) one i know it test me right now (laughs) most of the serial killers they didn't find like they didn't solve the crime Somebody snitched, just like yeah. in this. They tell on themselves. Yeah. Um. I keep forgetting. I'm bad at names. Rostin, Racha, whatever. Rostin. He called Rostin. He's the dummy that called the police talking about he had a, bo- a a body in his freezer. If he had never called them, they would have never looked at him. They would have never looked at. They were to this day we wouldn't know what happened because they yeah, literally they found no that. clues. They found no clues. God bless. What a bunch of idiots. Yeah, I think like. <laughs> If anything, you should take away that. Like, don't trust the cops. Like, already <laughs> as a minority, uh, I don't trust the cops. And I'm pretty sure you don't trust the cops. Not with my life. I don't trust them with shit. <laughs> I don't trust them <laughs> to help me change a tire. Uh, I would be so scared if a cop came up to me and asked me to help change my tire. I'm, like, not even playing. I'm, I would I've, be very afraid. I've changed my tires, like, on the highway. And, like, no cop has ever stopped to, like, <laughs> to help me. <laughs> so, like, if they ever stopped, I would be, like... <laughs> On the defensive from the no, opposite. I'd be, <laughs> be like, yo, you need to back the fuck up. Mm-hmm. I'll be scared. Oh my I God. Don't I don't need any help. <laughs> nope, I'm uh, good. I don't even know how to change a tire, but YouTube does. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll Google it. Don't worry, dog. I got time. <laughs> right. I call my dad. He got me. I'm not doing this with you. Yeah, I, I think there is that, like, don't trust the system and don't trust these people just because they have fancy titles because most of the time I feel like they don't know what they're doing. Like they just catch a lucky break. Yeah. Even the clues that they did find, it was the press. Wrong. Yeah. That part. And it was the press that found certain clues, gave it to the police. And then the police were like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. Maybe we should like talk to each other and interview this person. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like have a little, uh, interdepartmental communication. Yeah. That definitely didn't happen. That's the whole thing with 9-11. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, if they just talked to each other, they could have stopped it. <sighs> we never learned, though. Now that we're on terrorist, we should... <laughs> I haven't finished this one, but actually, okay. uh, you have, so you can talk about it a little more. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's Unabomber in his own words, and it's oh. uh, obviously a documentary about my boy, Ted Kaczynski. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, this one And how scary. he was right. He was just right. Okay, so this is going to live on in posterity. So, but I mean, he wasn't about, like he wasn't wrong. He was talking some shit that made sense. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> looking back on it, like my man was right. Like, should he have killed people and bombed people? No, no. 
but he was like the manifesto that he wrote that hit a lot of things like right on the head. And I was watching this while we were working on the campaign. So they're like putting um, excerpts from his manifesto on the documentary. And I'm like looking at our field pitches and I'm like. (laughs) I mean, he was talking about like technology being used to monitor us and also like Mm -hmm. alienate us from each other and Mm -hmm. like concentrate wealth at the top and how we needed to undo it and. It was very anti-capitalist. Yeah. And I just, the disconnect is like, okay, so why do we have to blow people up? Yeah. Like, that was the part where I was just, I was like, okay, cool, I'm with you, I'm with you. Wait, why do we have to do this part? I, mean, I feel like when in the next episode, what we can talk about is, like, a lot of these people think that, like, we're right on the brink of something and just a couple mm-hmm. deaths is all it's going to take to, like, set off the keg right but right. i mean obviously not uh and it's uh, you can just not do that <laughs> yeah uh, i think it's like i don't know it seems like there's a a point at which they like break yeah something like i i'm with you all the point until where you jump off of the cliff dog <laughs> yeah but and, like, from what i've seen have studied his stuff today and like yeah sorry go ahead no 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 go for it no, I'm just saying that there's people that today like study his manifesto and there was this um theorist that was a big part of the uh the documentary that was talking about how there's a community that kind of lives by that, not the bombing part. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not the bombing part. Yeah. Yeah, I mean like I, I I don't know that I could do that, but, like, he was right, and we should try to, like, technology has turned out to be, like, this very double-edged weapon that can, like, be, well, that is constantly used against us. Yeah, because he was saying that it's essentially going to lead to the erosion of human freedom, and this happened in, what, like, the 70s to the early 90s, because he was active for a minute there. Yeah, and my so mouth that- making moves. Yeah, but and that was before we had any of the technology that we have now. Yeah, like he yeah. would be so angry at the fact that like <laughs> you basically oh. have a beacon with you letting everybody know where you are constantly. And that people purposely put up onto the internet, which wasn't really that big of a thing back then, but like that people <laughs> purposely broadcast what they're doing, where they are who they're with yeah yeah it's kind of insane uh but so i haven't watched the documentary mm-hmm. does the documentary delve into how like my man was a part of mk ultra no i don't think so i don't remember that so so mk ultra was like this operation like in the 60s or 70s oh yes yes they do talk about that yes sorry okay, go ahead. cool because that to me isn't i read a book called chaos and it like ties up a bunch of conspiracy theories in a way that makes sense uh and it was like so shocking to learn that this guy was a part of mk ultra uh and they they just drugged him constantly and then like it broke his brain <laughs> Yeah, and then they play clips of, um, so it was this experiment where they essentially tried to break people mentally to see what it would take. Um, And this happened to him while he was very, very young and lasted for years. And they play clips of it, of him just being berated 
by someone that he respected. And like, so the idea is that led to him being even more entrenched in these philosophies that he had and where he eventually just went off the grid and lived in this little shack in the middle of, I think, Montana. You want to get your mind blown? Mm. You know who else was a part of the experiment? Who? Uh, Charlie Manson. See? See? <laughs> yeah, when I was reading Chaos, and, like, it ties a bunch of these people together to, like, multiple things, and it talks about, like, why... Uh, I think it's called Chaos, because, like, we all think this is just chaos, but it's actually, like, orchestrated, and not, mm-hmm. like, orchestrated by, like, the big bad guys. It's just, like, something that happened, and it had all these ramifications that, like, we think of as chaos, but, like, they're not... <laughs> They're not random or whatever. Uh, and I was like, what the fuck? And then there's other people that have, like, were in the in that and then ended up committing crimes or becoming, like, very, very, like, influential. Uh, and it sort of blew my fucking mind. <laughs> okay, so part of learning criminology is that you learn about all the experiments that have been done. Not all of them, obviously, but you learn about a lot of them. And like in the sixties and seventies, there was really no oversight. And they did a lot of experiments that fucked people up. Like yeah. you ever heard of the Stanford prison experiment? Yeah. Yeah. Like they really <laughs> fucked people up. Do you want to talk about it for people that haven't heard about it? Sure. So essentially they did this experiment where they took college students, young men, and they made half of them guards and half of them prisoners. And they had to live in this makeshift prison that was in like the basement of the college. And they kind of just let them loose. And it got insane. Like the guards started abusing the prisoners, started beating them. And some of the prisoners started like losing it. And they had to, um, they had to end the experiment early because it just got so violent and people to this day, people are dealing with like mental health issues because they were a part of that experiment. I want to, no punishment. <laughs> I want to make a point right here that like people often talk about like criminality or whatever, and they assign it to people that are like poor or mm-hmm. uneducated or any of these things, right? Like they just mean minorities. Like <laughs> That's basically what they're meaning, like what they're saying. Uh, but this was a bunch of white kids in fucking yeah. Stanford. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. these were these were, these kids were like raised whatever the proper way is, and they went to the good schools and all that shit. And like a little bit of power just fucking drove them insane. <laughs> that was the scary part about the experience experiment too, because it was like immediate, like within a day or two, they were tripping the that guards. Is so wild. And it's also interesting that the prisoners internalized that because they knew that they weren't in prison, but for some reason they allowed these people to like abuse them. There's that other experiment. I remember like we talked about it in college for some class. They would tell you that this machine you have is shocking a person in the mm-hmm. room. And then they tell like, there's a doctor in the room and he's like, you got to shock him. And you can hear the other person yelling. Like, they're not really getting shocked. Like, they're just acting for it. And they're right. yelling, and they get louder and louder and louder until they start saying that they can't take it anymore. And the person pushing the button would do it because the authority person told them to do it. And they thought, like, they'd be free from any sort of consequences. And they would, like, <laughs> it got to the point where, like, the voltage or whatever was, like, enough to kill a man. And everybody knows it's enough to kill a man. Uh, and they would still do it. <laughs> The way that pe- I think that's maybe not maybe that's definitely why I'm kind I'm like a socialist 
because the way that people respond to authority, even as a child, has always blown my mind. Like, I've never understood why you would do something just because this person told you to do it. Like, what are they going to do to you? Yeah, I think that, like, I I, I, I identify, like, as an anarcho-communist because I don't think, like, once we equalize everything, there should be no authority for Hmm. anything. Like, we're going to need authority all the way until, like, everything's equal and we're all equal and, like, it's a level playing field or whatever. Uh, but after that, like, fuck it. Like, I don't need no masters, no gods or whatever. (laughs) Have you ever seen or heard of the Netflix show, um, The Push? No. You gotta watch it. Right. So <laughs> it came out, I think, in 2018, 2017. So it's been a minute since I watched it. Um, but the premise is similar to what we're talking about. So it's like they set these people up. So kind of like a, almost like a candid camera type thing. Or what's that show? What would you do type thing? Where everybody yeah, involved. Uh, sorry, I'm going to make a joke about uh, whatever his name, Jorge Quinones, dude. Yes. <laughs> So everybody involved is an actor, except for the person who's been like set up. And it starts with something small. So like they are supposed to be working at a dinner party or something and there's an allergy, but they forget to label it. And the person who's the boss tells them like, oh, it's fine. Just put just oh. put the labels on anything. Wait, I know what this is. This is a Darren Brown thing, right? Uh, I don't know the name. It's Sound guy, right. Uh, it's like a yeah. British guy. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, okay, yeah. I love this guy. (laughs) And then eventually they get them to do, like, smaller or bigger and bigger things. And at the end, they, like, have to end up pushing someone off a building. Yeah, I remember that. And they do it. Like, one of them does it, right? Yeah. They do it to three people. And I think, like, one of them does it for sure. Yeah, I think it may be two. I think only one person didn't. But it's been a while. That is so insane. (laughs) I'm just so grateful for Netflix in today's world. <laughs> it really is really teaching me lessons. Yeah, I yeah. think I don't know. Like, obviously, I haven't finished the uh, Ted Kaczynski one. So, do you think mm-hmm. there's an overarching theme to that one? Hmm, that's a good question. I'm not sure. I think it's harder. I think with like biography biographies. Yeah, um, I th- biographies. You got it. You got it, boo. <laughs> it's <is> tricky. <laughs> it is. I, it's the worst for people to learn. Um, I think it, they were. It seemed like that documentary in particular was trying more so to be like he is a per. He was like a one-off person. Like it. It kind of felt like they weren't really trying to delve into the societal thing. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's, uh, like, a lot of, I think that's another thing that, like, uh, about crime shows, they mm-hmm. make the they make them about, like, the individuals instead of, like, oh, these are systematic problems. That's why Aileen Warnos is, like, I have studied her, I could talk, I know her whole life story. Because she, she was um, a serial killer in Florida who was a prostitute and killed, I think, seven of her Johns. Um, But when you reel it back as a child, she was 
molested by her grandfather. And at nine years old, she was she ran away or got kicked out. And she was living in the woods at nine. And people knew that she was living in the woods and no one did anything to help this little child. And so in order to survive, she started prostituting at nine years old to like get candy and food from the kids in the school and stuff like the school age children. And then throughout her life, there's just moment after moment after moment where the system fails her. And then she starts killing people and they're like, how dare you be a monster? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I feel like obviously like, I don't think people like there's evil people and there's like, I don't know. There's just like evil people. Right. But Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody takes a human life without some sort of like mental problem. Like it's not normal. Uh, yeah yeah especially like if you do it multiple times right (laughs) yeah like and get pleasure out of it like all those serial killers yeah no king shaming though casey that's the one rule i have on this podcast i mean i feel like (laughs) i can be i don't believe in king king shaming but when it ends in death i feel like i can be forgiven (laughs) cross the line somewhere (laughs) okay now we're gonna move on to my favorite one Because it's the worst one. (laughs) Uh, And it's abducted in plain sight. I forgot Uh, we were going to talk about this. Oh, my God. This is is the best one to end it. Because, like, all the other ones are serious. And this one's obviously, like, for the person. Like, uh, Jan, the girl. (gasps) That's very serious. But everybody else in this fucking documentary. And when this was happening, I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Her parents should be in jail. If like if there's one thing to learn about this shit is that white people are whack <laughs> as fuck. Like so, uh, do you want do you want to explain it or do you want me to talk about it? You do it because I'm mad all over again. <laughs> <laughs> so, Plain Sight is this documentary about this this girl Jan uh, who gets kidnapped twice by mm. her neighbor, uh, and. Obviously, like, none of the times it's fine. But the second time she gets kidnapped, Mm. it's with her parents' permission. Mm. (laughs) Which is fucking insane. (laughs) But then the tagline for it was, like, every parent's worst nightmare or whatever. And I was like, how? (laughs) These fucking people let it happen. I think they sold him to her. And I don't care. Sue me for for libel or whatever. I think they sold him. Sold her to him. So this guy moves in next door to Jan and her parents. And then he starts hitting on her, but she fi- he figures very quickly out you can't hit on like an underage girl. <laughs> <laughs> it's not gonna be fine with anybody. Oh so he goodness. sleeps with both of the parents, mm. and then blackmails them into giving the kid up to uh, him. And then she they go to Mexico right for like a month or something. Hold up, boo! You skipping a lot of steps because first he started sleeping in the bed with her with her parents' permission because he told her parents that his psychiatrist or whatever told him that he has to sleep next to children to get over his childhood trauma. And he kidnapped her to go to Mexico, yes. And then they get the FBI involved. They track them down to Mexico. He says that he won't bring her back unless the parents give him permission to marry her. Finally, the FBI finds him and brings him back. (laughs) Not this time, not this time. Brings him back. And... He blackmails the parents into dropping the charges. And the FBI dude on that documentary to this day (laughs) is mad. To this day want to fight those people. (laughs) That's the one good FBI guy. (laughs) He's so angry. 
And after he kidnaps her daughter and takes her to Mexico, threatens not to bring her back, the mom starts an affair with him. After. He's only doing this to get back close to the girl again. Right. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Sleeps with the dad, kidnaps the girl again, takes her somewhere, pretends that he's a CIA agent, takes her, sends her to a boarding school in California. Homegirl is calling her mom and all this stuff. They can't find, I just, ugh. Wait, but she, he also tells the girl that he's talking to aliens. Mm -mm -mm. And that aliens say that he has to sleep with her, right? And, uh, I mean, the girl's obviously young. Like, she doesn't know any better. And he made, like, fake VHS tapes that, like, sort of prove that, like, he is in contact with aliens or whatever. But I was just like, God, fuck. We all have, like, no one has perfect parents, right? Like, like, everybody's learning. But, like, goddamn, those people were not learning anything. (laughs) I know for a fact my mom and dad would not. (laughs) I know for a fact. Yeah, like, my parents were bad because, like, they had me when I was, when they were too young or whatever. But, like, they weren't that bad. They weren't, like, <laughs> like, like they weren't, like, letting me go to Mexico with uh, <laughs> some dude that moved in next door. <laughs> <laughs> At least they sent you with somebody. My parents put me on the plane by myself and said, somebody pick you up when you get to Jamaica. <laughs> Your uncle will be there. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you yeah, always like, my parents were like, don't talk to strangers. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I never talk to strangers. Yeah, to this day. <laughs> so, but they definitely would not have. Okay, we we also skipped the part in the beginning. So the first time when he kidnapped the girl, he told her parents that he was going to take her horseback riding. Oh, yeah, yeah. Doesn't bring <laughs> her back. They don't do nothing. Days go by. While, right? Days go by and they're like, we just, we just didn't want to... Um, we didn't want to get him in trouble because they're all part of the same church and they didn't want to bring no shame on him. After he kidnapped the girl and did all of this stuff, he's still going back to their church and there everybody's all buddy buddy. Like, what? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Yo. Oh my goodness. If there's a theme for this, it's like, I don't, I, yeah, I, I do agree with you. Like, there must have been something else that they don't talk about because, like, no one can be that gullible. No one. No. Maybe the first time. Maybe the first time. When he took her horseback riding. Maybe. Right? Yeah. And then, like, and then you burn him. As soon as he comes back, you burn him so he doesn't do that to anybody else. Or to her again. (laughs) Like, I can see that because I had, you know, neighbors as a kid that were, like, the cool neighbor or whatever. Like, the cool adult that would let y'all play in their backyard because they had a trampoline. You know, that person exists. But they didn't ask to sleep in my bed. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's where I draw the line. (laughs) As a parent, that's where I draw like when someone, even like even if it was a kid that was like five years older, I'd be like, no, that's not gonna happen, dog. Like, (laughs) what the fuck? No way. And he was married, and his wife is begging them not to press charges and stuff. Like, oh god, yeah. What? (laughs) Just that. the FBI agent was the most sane person, rational person in the whole situation because I'm surprised that man didn't kill those people. He was so angry. <laughs> Just choke them. You know, he was I remember, so angry. Like, I'm pretty sure if you like, if you played like just the interview footage, at some point he has to like start shaking with anger. 
And mind you, this went on for years because the first time he took her, she was like 12. And the second time he took her, she was like 16 or something. Yeah. She was, she was like a whole older. teenager. Still God, believing that, which I don't blame her at all because, like, that's traumatic. Yeah. She, you're also, like, you're also 16. Like, you're not. Yeah. You're not grown. <laughs> You're not. And this is a man who's like an authority figure in your life. He was big in the church and her whole family was religious. So like, it makes sense why a child would believe these things. Yeah. Like, it makes sense for, for her, her parents. I don't know how they didn't go to prison either. <laughs> I just, I think it's another failure of our justice system because those people belong in prison because they allowed their child to be. That's neglect. Not accessory. That's neglect. That's. Child abuse, like you're an accessory to child abuse. Yeah, <laughs> everything. Uh, it's so infuriating. And then she's like, she wrote a book. And, the mom. Yeah, and the the dog Jan forgave her mom and everything, and now they're like best friends and going on tour <laughs> together. And I'm like, I love my mom, but I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> if she child trafficked you, you would like, draw a line, Casey. What? <laughs> the line like people uh, 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 <laughs> so speechless but you know what i think we should revisit this at the at end of the next episode mm -hmm. I'll, I'll make a, a note uh i guess i'll we'll, we can talk about it on here i want to talk about the underlying like white supremacy and a lot of the things but also how these people are so charismatic uh, like mm. this guy, the Waco guy, uh, and who, one of the kids from Columbine too. I think it's mm. Dylan. I think Dylan's the charismatic one. Mm. Uh, and how like no one ever talks about like the white supremacist aspect of any of the crimes. And also like that's wild that there's people that that, that are that charismatic that like get other people to kill themselves for it. It's scary because. Like, if you look at even somebody like Ted Bundy, My man. he had a whole girlfriend who, I think that she was, his, yeah, she was his fiance for up until, like, for a very long time, she stuck by his side until the evidence was irrefutable. Um, Yeah, it's scary because it's like, okay, I'd like to think that I wouldn't stand by a Ted Bundy, but, like, how do you know? <laughs> And the white supremacy of it is is why they get away with it so much because they have that like underlying assumption of being good people. Yeah, like they're just like they're always like standing upstanding members of the community. So like there mm -hmm. can be no like no, of course he didn't kill them. Like he's a white yeah. guy. Like white yeah. people don't do that. Goes to church. BTK killer went to church. Yeah. Family man. Yeah. Actually, psych. <laughs> Only white people do that. Facts. Look, <laughs> um, all I'm doing is reading the stats. <laughs> <laughs> just racking up numbers. That's all I'm doing. I just read books, and that's what the book says. Don't be mad at me. <laughs> like, you're just chalk it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Why do you think that, like, so many serial killers are white? I do think it. I do think it's because they were made by uh, Jakub, and they're just white devils. <laughs> I don't even know what what Jakub. <laughs> yeah, it's. Like <laughs> some, I don't know. I think it's a nation of Islam thing. 
Oh my Jesus! Don't put me in it. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, in the U.S., mm-hmm. the reason I would assume it's mostly white guys is just because there's like a larger population of white people. Like I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. as we as like demographics change, you'll see some sort of like you'll see more and more people that are like Hispanic or like black serial killer. Like, they have to happen everywhere. Like they happen everywhere. It's just yeah. like here, the dominant demographic, whatever, is white people. But I do think that like they become serial killers because they don't get caught because white people are under police in comparison to minorities. So like they get away with one and then they're like, Oh, I didn't get caught. I can get away with more and they just keep doing it. Like it's <laughs> Right. Like if you can right. do it and not get caught, why not just keep doing it? <laughs> not even not only not get caught, not get suspected. Like the dude in abducted in plain sight, they dropped the charges last time, and I'm still able to be around this girl. It's not like they were like stay away from my family. I'm dropping these charges. He's still the neighbor. He's still at the church. The mom is still sleeping with him. Like yeah, nothing I think like that. That whole like just being able to fly under the radar because of white supremacy and because like. I don't want to say under policing because I don't think anybody should be policed. Mm-hmm, <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, the fact that like they can get away with it and like no one suspects them just because of the color of their skin and like their class status or whatever and like their standing in community, no one suspects them. Sort of leads to like, yeah, why, like why the fuck not? Like why wouldn't you? I think classism is a bigger part of it than people ever even talk about because these are usually you know, not wealthy people, but these are like middle-class homeowners. Like everybody we talked about, um, except for maybe the dude in Don't Fuck With Cats, but he was cool. He grew up in a, in a middle-class home. Um, yeah. These are like solidly middle-class people who, you know, that's always the trope is like, no one would ever expect that of him. That's yeah, your quiet neighbor. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe y'all need to check on your quiet neighbor. Who is the quiet neighbor? Go knock on the door right now and see what's up. <laughs> Don't come knock. I'm fine. I'm making a podcast. Don't come knock on my door. <laughs> no, the white ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, check with the white ones. Well, this is El Paso. So we had a serial killer, but he didn't kill people here. Uh, and he went to the same high school as me. Uh, the Pride of the South Side, Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker. <laughs> what? Did he go to where you? Is he your age? No, 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 no. He like oh. went. He went to my school. Like I think in the late seventies or early eighties. Uh, well, now I got on the wall, and we would all go look at his signature. Cause we what? Were yeah, I mean that's what high school kids do. They just do weird shit. <laughs> <laughs> now so, I got a new serial to look up. Yeah, on the next on the next podcast, I'll send you like a couple of uh, Netflix specials, and we can talk about all of them next time. Please. <laughs> well. uh... Is there anything you want to plug in, Casey? You wanna you want people to follow you on Instagram? Um, sure. You can follow me on Instagram. It's and Twitter is I don't tweet, but I got one. <laughs> it's Casey Sabrina K A Y C I S A B R I N A. Um, okay. yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Can I say one more thing? Yeah. Stay in the house. even if your legislators and governors tell you to go outside if you can afford to because this is a class issue as well if you can afford to stay in the house that is all yes 
please stay indoors because I want to go out at some point in the winter. So you guys need to speed it up. <laughs> please. Okay. Thank you so much, Casey. Thank you. Well, that was a hoot, wasn't it? Uh, thank you so much to Casey for coming on the show and discussing all these. We already picked the next documentaries or whatever we're going to watch and discuss uh, at some point next week. So be on the lookout for that. And also, a clarification, it's not Jorge Quinones, it's my man, John Quinones. So much respect to the god, uh, John Quinones. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. This has been the ninth episode of Tongue Time in the Realm. Make sure to like, subscribe, and share the podcast with your friends. Uh, yeah, have a good one. Have a nice week. See you guys on the other side. <laughs>